Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Soft Rep Radio. This is Rad. I am your host today, and I have a very special guest, and we're going to have a very cool conversation. Ricardo Perez, U.S. Army sniper, been to Afghanistan, author, writing a book, has something to talk about with that. And I want to welcome you to Soft Rep Radio. Welcome, Ricardo. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me, Rad. A little bit about myself. Well, like you said, I was served as a sniper in a striker brigade in the U.S. Army from 2006 to 2010. And yeah, you know, just did my four and a half years, you know, contract, my required time, got out and really just started my academic journey into where I'm at today as a research scientist at uh, the University of Washington Virology, where I work on the NGS team. And the NGS just stands for Next Generation Sequencing so I work on a team that helps sequence COVID for the variants here in Washington State. We do a large portion of, of that work. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, get samples from all over, uh, study samples from different com- or companies like Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. And, you know, we just work hard with all kinds, not just COVID, you know, there's a bunch of different viruses. There's a big HPV project going on. Right and avian flu or the avian bird flu is going on here in Utah currently. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, birds, you know, so, like yeah, yeah, that's going on. They're saying if you have, uh, you know, chickens in your backyard, because there are people mm-hmm. around here who do to yeah, yeah. be cautious of where you're going to get 
it. Like if you're going to a park and there's ducks, but yeah, I mean, but I'm just blown away. First of all. Okay. Because not only are you on the front lines as a sniper, you're on the front lines sniping COVID. You're trying to like, yeah, you, yeah. You just you, pretty you, strange realizations being at the tip of the spear on, on kind of different arrows, you know, <laughs> but right. I mean, you're just so that's, that seems very selfless. Now, let me ask you something. Did your recruiter tell you the truth? about joining the military <laughs> no, I and did you get your uh, bonus <laughs> I, I joined in 2006 so this was still with a time when recruiters had quotas they had to meet i think the army dropped that in 2009 maybe so yeah was, yeah yeah because there was a lot of they're still fighting suicide because of that stuff so yeah, no, I'm, well, you know, a lot of guys i served with were recruiters you know one of them just finished recruiting duty and retired from it so yeah, it's it's definitely some crazy craziness that they got to deal with, and I couldn't imagine before when you actually had like quotas you had to meet, like you had to, like, hey, get us get us bodies. Now, let me ask you um, regarding you know going through sniper training, you have to be airborne, right? No, I don't think you have to be. I don't think so. You might have to be though, because were you? Did you go through that? Yeah, I did airborne school as well, right after basic training. Oh, so you went, uh, did you go 11 Bravo Infantry? Is that the course that you selected? Yeah, I did. A, it's 11 X-Ray. You know, you end up 11 okay. Bravo or 11 Charlie in basic training. And 11 Charlie are the mortarmen. Oh, cool, cool. And so, uh, so yeah, signed up 11 X, ended up 11 Bravo. And mostly because I signed up with Ranger in my contract. Because I wanted to go to Ranger school. You know, it's was trying to be super cool, right? I wanted to sign up in sure. Airborne school, Ranger school. And, and then, you know eventually try out for special forces. And, um, and so when I signed up for Ranger in my contract, I'm thinking Ranger school, but then after airborne school, they're like, okay, you guys with Rangers. Now y'all are going to, uh, what did they call it at the time? RIP, the Ranger induction program. And so I was like, wait, what a minute, wait, Ranger battalion. No, I want to go to Ranger school. (laughs) And so, yeah, I ended up uh, voluntarily withdrawing from that because, you know, for me, I joined the military to get away from where I grew up. And two of the three Ranger battalions are in the South. They're in Georgia. So, you know, I was, you're like, I want to go. Yeah. Else. Yeah. I was like, man, with a two thirds chance of ending up in Georgia, like, you know, I grew up in Texas. So I'm like, I'm trying to get away from the South, experience something new. Right. So when did that U.S. Army sniper get called to Afghanistan? Now that you've gone through your 18 your 18 X-ray, that's Green Beret, but 11 X-ray candidacy, and then you get select your 11 Bravo, and off you go to RIP. You're like, I'm out of RIP. Now I'm a sniper. You go through that, right? Did you, yeah, yeah. Did you stand on each other's shoulders to raise uh, your flag? Did you guys do that? Is that a thing? Do you mean like at When sniper? you become a sniper? Yeah. I mean, we use each other for a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all kinds of there, shooting positions where you're literally, you know, nut to butt with the guys. So. But when you graduate, don't you guys make like a special flag for your class? Oh, you have to yeah. Hang it. Wet, yeah. Like wait. And you hang up. it up. Yeah. And it just so happened that my graduating class, because normally they just do the normal E-type silhouettes, you know, that you shoot at at the range. But we had crazy rangers when I went to sniper school who graduated. <laughs> so they went to the mall and they bought a Miley Cyrus cardboard cutout of Miley Cyrus or uh, Hannah Montana. I'm sorry, Hannah Montana. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, this was 2008. That's when Hannah Montana was doing it, dude. Yeah, man. Oh, sweet niblets. So, so these, rangers went, <laughs> these rangers went to the mall and bought a cardboard cut. I mean, they drew on her. We put our tabs on her and we, we made it real pretty for, for that class. <laughs> But that's awesome. That's and it's awesome. Funny because if you watch, there's a documentary that the I think the Discovery Channel did that same year where they went to U.S. Army Sniper School, and in one of the clips, man, you can see uh, Hannah Montana. They're hanging in the in the bay, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa! It's like documented for life now. This is so awesome. Forever immortalized, yeah. <laughs> immortalized. How cool is that? Now, now, okay. Now that we got the the antics and the fun shenanigans of you graduating sniper school, you get the call, man. Like, where are you at? And off you go. And then, then what? Tell me the call. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I was already at my unit. I got stationed at Fort Lewis. Whenever I, you know, left RIP, the big army scooped me up, you know, cause that's all special operations command stuff. So big army gave me orders to end up in one of their regular infantry units. And they put me at Fort Lewis, Washington. It was a brand new unit. When I first showed up there, we had no vehicles, no weapons, no buildings. It was nothing. 
And so just people. And I was one of the first privates in the unit. And so I literally helped, you know, from the ground up. Eventually, we did get stuff to train with. And I started out as a 240 machine gunner. And, you um, know, I was kind of poopy about it at first because, like, man, I grew up shooting rifles. I grew up on a 120-acre ranch in Texas. So right. I've been shooting my whole life rifles. And so, I, man, I was like, man, I want to be on a rifle. You know, and they put me on the machine gun. And I was mad about it at first. But then, of course, you take that beautiful machine to a range and <laughs> let it loose. And you get over anything real quick, you know. And so, yeah, you know, I was on the weapons squad of 3rd Platoon in the 1st Battalion, 17th Infantry Regiment. That was our battalion um, in 5th Brigade. And yeah, I was started out as a 240 gunner. And because it was a brand new unit, one morning they, after morning formation, they asked, they got us all together and said, hey guys, we're having sniper tryouts because we have sniper spots to fill. So who wants to try out to be a sniper? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was kind of surprised, you know, I was expecting more hands to go up and there really weren't a lot of guys that raised their hand and I was like kind of blown away by it, you know? And I actually hesitantly raised my hand because I was a machine gunner. I was like, well, y'all even let me, like y'all been training me to shoot a machine gun this whole time, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and that's how, you know, I ended up, it was a 65 hour trial over three days. I got selected along with two other guys. One of them had served at Ranger Battalion and they were both Ranger tabbed combat experienced guys. So I, really fell into a great spot to have great young leaders or experienced, you know, leaders. Mentors. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I learned a lot from those guys. And, and yeah, just in 2000, we were actually um, training to go to Iraq. And then, you know, we were doing all the mount training, all the urban ops, all the, you know, the battle drills, kicking in doors. And, and then when Obama wanted more troops in Afghanistan, they changed everything. You know, we went from Iraq to, to Afghanistan and so, like, we spent a lot of time and effort training a certain way, and then they kind of, you know... Have to switch it. Yeah, right before the deployment, yeah. kind of switch it, you know? Right. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, not urban. Yeah. Not very urban. Some, I mean... Yeah, yeah. You know, just, like, Adobe Huts and, like, you know, <laughs> Masri Sharif. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this was 2009. You know, early on, I made the sniper team, and then right away, you know, I went through pre-sniper, uh, where I learned how to be a sniper, and then... A couple months later, went to actual Army Sniper School in 2008. And then, yeah, stayed on the sniper team all the way to 2009. And there was a lot of um, nonsense that kind of fell out with me. And I only deployed for uh, about five months, four or five months. I actually didn't even know I was deploying until the day I left because I was hurt. And so, yeah, it was a big mess. I I got my MRI results the day before deployment. And so, uh, yeah, it was, you know, kind of crazy and... So, yeah, unfortunately, because I was hurt and I ultimately learned that ortho never cleared me to deploy. So I should have never deployed to begin with. But that's another whole story. And uh, yeah, yeah. So 2009 so get deployed. Yeah. 2009 served there as much as I could in the best capacity that I could with kind of one hand tied behind my back. And yeah. And then 2010, I got out and I was actually going through the med board process. So I could have medically retired. And um, but they told me like. And that's. That's the medical evaluation board, right? MEB yeah, yeah. stands for medical. So usually uh, a military service member will go through the MEB board to be evaluated with a rating, right? To go mm-hmm. to the VA, et cetera, get a, yeah. a pay, you know, some helpful retirement kind of stuff. Yeah, well, because of my injury, explain, even, be- yeah. even before deployment, I was on temporary profiles for months, you know, because like x-rays, MRIs, this, that, you know, di- misdiagnosis after misdiagnosis. And so I was on temporary profiles forever, deployed, came back and was on temporary profiles for like another three months. And then I was like, hey, I've been on temporary profiles for like almost a year here. Am I going to be on a permanent profile at any point? You know, like, right, right. Yeah. And then if you get a permanent profile, that's kind of kicks off the the whole exiting the service. Yeah. Yeah. ETS. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do acronyms. it. I wanted to do it. But unfortunately, when I, you know, I went to a few of the briefs, like maybe four or five of them. And the last one I did, they were like, hey, because this is a new process that the Army and the VA were implementing, because whenever you got done, you were going to leave with your military and your VA rating at the same time. And uh, and so it was a new process. And they said, because it's a new process, y'all are going to be here for two years going through this. Oh, and I said, oh, hell no, right. there's no amount of money in the world worth being in this toxic They're trying to get in here. They're yeah, trying to get yeah. here on you in your head, dude. Yeah, They're trying to get in yeah, your head. So I voluntarily yeah. withdrew from that too. And they were like, are you sure you want to do this? They had me sign like all kinds of crazy paperwork. 
And I've actually had veterans tell me, you can't voluntarily withdraw from that. I was like, yes, I, you can. And here's the paperwork to prove that you can. And you did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, in between all that, you did go over to Afghanistan, right? You did. Uh, yeah. And you have a book that you've put together over the course of time, you know, and that means that you're trying to like, you know, put something out there. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on, what, what it is that you, you know, some of that leadership that you talked about where you said your hand was tied behind your back. What do you mean by that? Well, the best example I can give of that is when we were first, you know, part of going to, you know, deploying to Afghanistan is we're spending time at a uh, Kandahar airfield, CAF, you know, we're out at CAF to um, prep our vehicles and our equipment, make sure everything's zero before we go to the FOB, the Ford Operating Base. And so CAF is like uh -huh. a huge, you know, it's a NATO base. With that, there are like subways and pizza huts and there's, you know, like it's it's basically a small city, you know, uh, in the middle of nowhere. And so, yeah, yeah. And then while, I, while we were there at CAF, my first sergeant, he took my M14 away from me because he said the sniper team had too much firepower. Okay. Yeah. But you're a sniper. Yeah, yeah. So he said we had too much firepower. <laughs> he took my M14 and he gave it to, you know, one of the line guys. And he said, train him up for, I don't know, I trained him for like three days. And I was just like, I was so mad at that. I was like, wow, why are you taking my tool away from me? You know? Yeah, so you used the M14, huh? That was the truck. Did you get to choose that? Is that what you were wanting, or no? I, I mean, I liked it. It's it was a the, the M14 EBR. It was a I did, oh, so did it have full auto capability with the switch, or did it just semi only? No, it was just still semi. Oh wow! Yeah, and yeah. the EBR is like a skeleton stock style receiver with a slither stock. Yeah, and it's yeah. silver and black, and mm -hmm. it has a the same seven point six two caliber round that's inside, uh, like the M14 from Vietnam that you might be listening to and hearing us talk about this on software. 
I just want to kind of explain the M14 rifle. And you can also probably see it more famously in uh, Black Hawk Down when uh, the snipers are going in to look for Mike Durant in that movie. They have the M14. So just to give it a reference. But yeah, so cool rifle. Very Vietnam of you. <laughs> you know, and other than that, I'm a bolt action baby. That Remington 700, I grew up shooting that, you know, and it's funny because my dad, you know, I grew up shooting that, you know, since I was, you know, that rifle probably outweighed me, you know? Right. Just a and young man. Yeah. And so my dad would always tell me, son, this is a sniper rifle, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I would always think like that. No way. Like you're full of crap. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he does know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the first thing they hand me when I make the sniper team is the gun I've been shooting my whole life, the M24 Remington 700. And I'm just like, oh man, dad was right. And so yeah, yeah. So the difference between those two guns, though, I think, is like the M24, your version is like a fluted barrel and yeah. a little more refined for the mil-spec version than the 700. It's more civilian, right? That's what I'm thinking. Well, our, 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 I mean, I don't know what – because whenever I was getting out, the Army was revamping a lot of their sniper systems to – what was it? I don't think it was 30-odd-6 because most of them are 308, you know, your 762. Uh-huh. No, it was 300 Win Mag. They were bumping it up to 300 Win Mag to get that extra, you know, 500 yards out of the, out of the engagement. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I don't know what they use now, but back then there no fluted, I mean, our Barrett had a fluted barrel and I think our, we had got a new sniper weapon system, the M110 SAS. So that was basically a modified M16 that had a suppressor you could throw on it. And awesome. um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty sexy thing that our sniper That's team, cool. <laughs> yeah, my, our sniper team leader used that. So that was his, mine was the Barrett 50 cow and that M14. And then our third guy had the M24 bolt action. And so, yeah, I mean, and whenever he took uh, my M14, you know, cause they always want you to carry your weapon with you when you're on calf, right? You have to always, you know, have your weapon and you know, whatever. So when he took that, I carried that Barrett with me everywhere, and I got so many looks from people like, "Why the hell is this guy carrying around this monster?" <laughs> and they don't take away my M14. Yeah, <laughs> F you. You know that was my F you because I knew they weren't gonna yeah. like. It. I knew I was gonna get weird looks, but hey, you took you know you took my 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 weapon, and this is all I have now. You know so. <laughs> What's a sniper to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were like, "No, Fred, carry your M4." Oh, okay. <laughs> oh okay well this is this identifies as an m4 <laughs> <laughs> my 50 cal how about that huh <laughs> yeah. crazy so so you go out and uh did you get much uh you know time on in the scope and doing that kind of thing uh, are you more um, of an asset to not, the to, to the commanders with like info you know versus firepower yeah, I mean, that was going to be the plan. So when we finally, you know, moved out to the FOB and we're starting to operate, do patrols, go out on mission and all that cool guy stuff, I, uh, our commander, he, there's actually at sniper school, they have a commander's course where the army tries to send their, you know, infantry officers or captains or probably even young lieutenants to learn how to employ snipers because it's one thing to have a sniper team. It's another thing to employ them properly. Correct. And, and so uh, our commander, he was a smart guy and recognized that he had no idea what to do with this. So he told my team leader, hey, you, y'all do y'all. You know, you, you guys do what y'all need to do to get the mission done and get me my information. And so we were really excited about that, right? Like, holy smokes, we kind of, you know, do what we got to do. And then I think it was maybe a week and a half later, he uh, their vehicle got hit and he lost his life. My commander did. And along with uh, other guys in that vehicle, there was only one guy to survive that uh, explosion. But yeah, and so after that happened, it was back to the first sergeant who took my M14 away from me to be in charge. And so, yeah, it was a big, ridiculous mess after that. (laughs) And then the leash was put back on you and the muzzle and uh, probably in a cage, you know, where the other guy was like, here, run, run and do your, here's freedom, go run and enjoy the, you know. And And the the biggest thing I regret with all that, because we ended up, getting kicked off the sniper team by him for no reason really and so whenever he did that i was like you know what i bought years of work blood and sweat blood sweat and tears to be on that sniper team and now you're gonna kick me off for no reason like this is dumb and so um we had a big falling out because i went and tried out for special forces right before the deployment and so 
you know, our unit really didn't like the guys who went and tried to better their careers or, you know, do whatever they were going to do. Level up to the SF. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you, you know, if you didn't make it and you came back, you were going to catch somehow. And then for us, it was even worse because they thought we were doing it to try to get out of NTC, which is a month long pre-deployment training in California. And we're like, no, that's stupid. Like, who gives a shit about NTC? Like, we're doing it now before NTC because we've been working out hard, getting in shape, getting ready to go. And if we go to NTC, we're going to sit on our thumbs for a month. So we want to go do it now. And if we miss NTC as a happenstance, well, then hey. <laughs> but so be it. But your window of opportunity was right there for the yeah, time yeah, to try to go after it. Yeah, yeah. So we did. And uh, only one, of the, or I'm sorry, two of the four from the battalion that went, two out of the four of us got selected. And what, you know, only one of them made it to the earning that green beret. The other one, unfortunately, didn't make it to to the you know through the pipeline. The tat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, there's a song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, middle so, test. Yeah. You know? so whenever we came back, they put us on every detail. You know, getting ready to go to NTC, we had to do everything or help with everything. And then, um, so yeah, that was leaves out of the rocks. (laughs) Yeah. So that was was a big reason why he, um, didn't like me, you know, my first Sergeant or just kind of had it out for me, I guess you could say, because he had really no reason to not like me. He just blew some shit up in his mind, you know, and kind of made things more ridiculous. Well, you know, sometimes guys in that position might have a, a tendency to have wanted to do the same thing you're going for and maybe even tried without you ever knowing it and maybe didn't get there similar to stories like what you say. And then when you come back, it's more angst against the guy that tried because he had his own, you know, demons to deal with, you know, and that's not anybody else's fault, but that dude's own, you know, it's just, well, that's cool that you made it. Like we, we mentioned, we talked a little bit, you can run. That's a good thing. You were running like six minute miles, bro. You were in the peak of your condition training as a, as an Olympic athlete, even, you know, like at that point you are just, you know, at peak, Peak levels. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. So now today you've got a book coming out and that goes into what? What do you want to talk about on that? Well, most of it is about my military service because I wrote a lot while I was deployed. I, I mean, I spent a lot of time just writing what I felt and what I thought and what was happening and just documenting everything I could. If I was out on mission, I'd have my little green book to write in. And if I was back at the FOB, I was on my laptop because I can type way faster than I can write. So I was going crazy on my laptop, just going, going at it. And so in 2018, we lost one of the guys we served with at the age of 29 to a rare form of cancer. And so I'm like, you know, damn, it really spurred me to go back through and get all that stuff that I wrote. And it was a kind of a double combination. Earlier in that year, in 2018, the Seattle Times had invited invited me to share a story of a high school teacher saving me from being a high school dropout because I almost didn't graduate high school. You know, I raised myself from a young age. And so I shared this story with the Seattle Times and they ended up liking it, inviting me to do a talk, you know, for their, uh, it was called Ignite Education Lab. It was an annual event they used to do before the pandemic and just where people would come talk about how education impacted their life. And so I had the opportunity to do that with some remarkable people. And I'm like, dang, you know, like, this is just one crazy story from grade school. I have a whole bunch of crazy stories from grade school. You know, most kids who raise themselves do. So I thought, you know, because I always wanted, like I said, I always wanted to write about the military experience. But then I thought it's so crazy, like how everything played out for me and the unit in itself, because the same month the unit came back from Afghanistan in June, July 2010, the army deactivated that brand new unit. They had just stood up four years ago. They deactivated that unit that same month we got back from Afghanistan. And so with all that happening, I figured if I can just write about my craziness growing up and how I ended up in that military unit, if I can convince one or two per 10 readers that all this stuff is real and true, just by showing a little bit of my grade school stuff, because I feel like, you know, if it was just a book about the military and me you know, bitching about X, Y, Z, or, you know, it's not all a bitch fest. Of course, I talk about my journey and becoming a sniper and, and, you know, everything. And so, um, and my intention with writing it was not to, you know, make anybody look bad or crap on the unit, just tell the story of how it happened. And so, yeah, so I, I figured that the beginning of the book, the first 25% is my grade school growing up, you know, just talking about, everything that I remember from my earliest memories to barely graduating high school. And then, of course, you know, a little bit of afterward experiencing how bad life is for most teenagers and ultimately deciding to join the military. And then the middle 50% of the book is my military experience from, you know, enlisting and shipping out to basic and, you know, the craziness basic training is to airborne school through everything. And then, you know, ultimately getting back from Afghanistan in 2010 so that's the middle 50%. And the last 25% is my academic journey that actually started on um, terminal leave. I was already going to school before I actually got officially got out of the military. So that uh, my academic journey follows me um, all the way to University of Washington as a graduate student. I got my master's degree there. And I also got my bachelor's degree uh, at Texas A&M University, Kingsville. Oh. And so, yeah, I graduated in 2016 with my degrees in chemical engineering and chemistry. I got two bachelor's degrees. And then in 2020, I graduated with my master's in entrepreneurship from Foster Business School. Oh, well, congratulations on all those things. I'm going to clap for you. Thank you. That is a very big success. Yeah. Appreciate that. Lots of study groups. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> lots of, lots of school. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> yeah you're welcome, bro. A way to put your uh, so I'll be... mind to, uh, you know, to grow. That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a lifelong learner. I just got into a PhD program. I'm going to be uh, starting in the fall. I'm going to be a student at the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, getting my PhD in human genetics. So I'm really excited to go and start working on my actual career path, you know, because. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, everything before is kind of well, well, well. me probing life and trying to figure out where I'm going to fall into. But. That's very cool. Very cool. Because it's going to be like Shaquille O'Neal's a doctor and then you'll be a doctor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. You know what I mean? It's just hard work. That's all I'm saying. You know, hi folks. This is Sean Spoons, editor in chief of software.com. Just here to say thank you for listening to the software radio podcast. We sure appreciate you giving us your time. And here's a special offer for you. If you're a new member, 50% off your annual membership to software. Just click the link at the bottom of the page that brought you to us today. 
And from all of us here at SoftRep, thank you for listening. And so now you're working in uh, virology mm-hmm. at, uh, in Washington, which really in the beginning of the pandemic was just like a ground zero for what was going on in the country. In the beginning, I remember I was playing Xbox with friends and they were, we were all shut down around the world. And they're like, we're in Seattle. <laughs> Don't come to Seattle. <laughs> you know? And I was like, but you were just in Utah like three days ago. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so crazy. How's that? Like, how's that been going? What? The county that I live in actually had the first COVID case in the country. Snohomish County here in Washington state had the first positive COVID, you know, case. And so, yeah, you know, I, I started here, I actually started as a temp worker. I did a lot of temp jobs for UW to finally end up in a lab because it was pretty hard for me to, you know, I had a lot of lab experience. I did a lot of lab research work as an undergraduate. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be easy for me to get a job X, Y, Z. Well, it was not as easy as I was expecting. Like a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of graduate college and regardless of what the degree is, it's, it's a grind to get a, you know, get your footing in. And so, yeah, I did a lot of temp jobs. I was like doing janitorial work a lot of times, just sweeping floors and, you know, doing whatever I could because I figured like, man, I'm going to network. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to get my foot, you know, even if I'm sweeping the floor of a lab, you know, I'll let them know like, Hey, you 100%. Know? and so, yeah, it took a lot of temp jobs. And I started as a temp worker here on a project called the waves project. And uh, what that was, was I was like the logistics guy of the project where I was helping ship PPE, like gowns, swabs, gloves, all kinds of stuff for nurses all across Washington state because UW nurses were going to go to people's house and swab them for the virus in their house. And so it was kind of this really cool project. And before that, I was doing another temp job uh, as a freshman application processor working remote from home, just going through uh, every year. There's like 40,000 students that apply to be freshmen at UW. So they hire temp workers to go through that mountain of, of work. And so, yeah, I did that for three months and it was a soul sucking experience being on the computer eight hours a day, every day, but, you know, thanks right. for the opportunity and the remote, remote work and help, you know, float the family while the world was kind of under in chaos. And, right. and so, uh, yeah, so after that project ended, that temp job, I fell into this other temp job and they came to me, they were like, Hey, Ricardo, you have these degrees and these unique skills. We think you'd be a good fit to do this temp job. Would you like it? And I'm like, hell yeah, more more temp work, you know, more work. Right. And so sure enough, while I was here at Lab Met, you know, you know, University of Washington Laboratory Medicine working on the project, I networked, I talked to people, and they eventually said, Hey, you know, think about looking at full time positions here. And thankfully there was some research scientist positions that I qualified for. And I was like, Hey, look, I qualify for these jobs. And and so yeah, it's kind of how I fell into it. <laughs> That's crazy. Now you're a scientist. You know, I mean like you know, scientist sniper. Well, yeah. And another funny <laughs> thing was the way I felt. But like you're it, just, you, you got to lose your, 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 your noodle. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And another funny thing on how I fell into this NGS team, this next generation sequencing team was I had just worked here for maybe two weeks. The first week they had me make maps for them. I was, I've, I've done so much for this place, like a carpenter, cartographer, like, so I was making maps of the floor layouts for like certain things they do. <laughs> To, to test for contamination. And so after I got done with those maps, I actually started like shadowing scientists to start learning how the lab operated. And so one of the scientists on the NGS team, he was going to be gone on vacation for a week. So they were like, hey, you shadow this guy for a week, learn him what he's going to do. And because next week he's gone and we're going to need you to fill in for him while he's gone. And so, yeah, so this NGS scientist left for vacation for a week after training me for a week, and I did a good enough job for them to want to keep me there. And it's been a lot of imposter syndrome. And That's very good. Yeah, a lot of imposter syndrome and like, you know, <laughs> waiting for them to Take it till you make it. Duran Duran, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they write songs about it. Yeah. Now, yeah, man. very cool, bro. Very vile. I mean, like, COVID, very today's conversation yeah, yeah, out no. there. And, uh, you know, I'm vaccinated. I went and got the Johnson and Johnson and I got boosted back in December. I still contracted it in January of 2022, but it was asymptomatic. So I just oh, really wow. separated from my wife for eight days. For, I don't know why just mentally, it just started getting in my head. I was like, where's the illness? When am I going to get the, yeah, yeah. you know, 
the illness. And so the mental thing and um, others may agree is, is almost just as much as the sickness was. I was just laying there like, where, when am I getting start puking? Yeah, the mind control is the dog, really, you know, and I was in a deep, I was in a deep depression after I graduated and I couldn't get a job. And, you know, because I spent five years in the military busting my ass and then five years in college busting my ass. So I thought in my mind, I'm like, yo, I've just busted my ass for a decade. And now I just want a good job, nine to five, provide for my family right off into the sunset. You know, like that's all I wanted, you know, just a good job to provide. And, um, and when that, when I couldn't make that happen, man, I got super depressed. And for me, it was like worse than my depression in the military. Cause now I had kids that I was kind of dragging through the mud with me. And so, yeah, I got, you know, really, really depressed. And, um, and really what took me change things around was my mindset was a big part of it, but my daughter, she ended up really sick with pneumonia, like almost hospitalized from it. And that broke me, you know, because I was already like being so negative, you know, dark cloud following me around everywhere, yelling all the time, just a horrible human being, you know. And then my daughter got sick and I thought to myself, you know, I was chilling in the garage doing my thing. And I was thinking to myself, like, I just need to pretend to be happy. I just need to fake it till she gets better because me being a depressing asshole is not helping her in any way you know and so right right and so yeah it just it was so weird though because i'm sitting in my garage thinking these thoughts like okay i just need to fake it till she gets better you know there was no like fake it till you make it no long-term scheme or plans and so yeah i could just feel the world around me i'm just hanging out in my garage and it feels like the world around me is like morphine it was so weird and so about a week later, I think it was maybe even a few days later, less than a week, probably the Seattle Times emailed me with that opportunity. And I kind of took it as a hint from the universe as like, this is going to be the start of a better trajectory in my life, because I had applied to do that talk the year before, you know, in, in, um, in December 2016, late December, I saw the ad on Facebook, they said, Hey, call us, tell your story of education, blah, blah, blah. So I called, I left my story. And I never heard back from them. So I thought, oh, they didn't like it. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So I went on with my life. Right. And um, so, yeah, it was so weird to sit down, have those positive thoughts and do that. And then the Seattle Times reach out and be like, yo, we still have your story. And it's a great story. Do you want to give it? So I was like, wow, how weird. Like, you know, so at that point, I had five weeks to get ready to give this public speaking gig that the Seattle Times is putting on. And, you know, I've never been a public speaker at all. You know, I mean, I kind of do it now a little bit. I visit schools and, you know, I talk to the kids where I grew up and share my experience with them in terms of my scientist now or my sniper back then. And so, yeah, you know, I just gave that talk and, you know, it kind of helped pull me from my depression because at that point I had something to work on and something to do and something to focus my efforts and my mind. And so, but after the talk was getting ready to end, I was like, man, I got to do something because I can't just go home to back to being depressed. I know there was no magical email that was going to come anymore. There was, you know, there was nothing. So I was like, man, I got to do something. So what I ended up doing was mechanic work. Basically throughout the week, I would do research on YouTube. Like I'm a YouTube mechanic, you know, I would just do research on YouTube, how you change this out, how you swap that out. And so, and on the weekend when my wife wasn't at work, she could watch the kids and I can go be a mechanic on the weekend or, or sometimes sure. that stuff would bother me so much. I would go at, you know, at 10 o'clock midnight into the garage and start messing with it. Cause you know, I don't, you know, I like to get stuff done. <laughs> right. It's on your mind. You're just a tinkerer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just uh, started working on my vehicle. I completely redid the brakes, emissions, the steering, you know, from the tie rod ends to the control arms to man, I did, a lot, a lot of work over a few months. And eventually I did all the mechanic work that I could. And I'm like, damn, now I got to find something else to do. So I picked up sewing because my wife, she's four foot 11, like 110 pounds soaking wet. She's very small and petite. So a lot of her clothes needs alterations. And so I was like, you know what, go pick up a $40 sewing machine off Craigslist or something and get myself busy (laughs) again. So yeah, I kept myself busy with sewing for a little bit. Craigslist, bro. So machines are expensive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It was a good deal. They are, yeah. I got a place over here 
in Utah, it's like eight grand. <laughs> like, dang, dude. I've seen some sewing machines that were just super expensive that like look like what my mom used to use, like a singer, but they're just, you know, crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. computer LED That's screens cool. and stuff. So <laughs> Oh yeah, they get crazy with them for sure. And uh but yeah. also with that Craigslist, you know, with all that mechanic work I did, I bought a ninety dollar tool law off Craigslist. Cause I'm like, man, I need tools to do all this work. Let me look for a tool lot, you know? So I ended up falling into the right spot, man. I got so many tools for 90 bucks and I basically did, you know, I did buy tools here and there to kind of supplement what I needed to do the jobs. But man, talk about, you know, for maybe at most $200, I did everything, you know, I did everything. Right. So you made a minimal investment, found good deals, but you took that skill set and it was able to turn it over for you a few times. I'm sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 So, and it so still there's pays this, off to this day, you know, change the radiator out last year and still do the work when it needs it. Right. Now, when you're in the army, did you have a call sign as a sniper? Was there something specific that they called you like harvester or, or oh, headhunter? <laughs> headhunter was our call sign in Afghanistan. Headhunter. That's intense, bro. I wonder why they called you yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that was our uh, team leader. You know, the team leader is the one, you know, the sergeants who have the, uh, and actually my army sniper team leader was an ex-Marine sniper as well. He actually left the Marines to uh, join the army and try to do special forces. And so, um, and it was really, you know, I, you know, I hurt for him because he left the Marine Corps that he loves so much to do special forces and the army ended up not letting him go try out for special forces, even though he was an infantryman because he had really bad scoliosis. And they were like, oh, we're sorry. You can't, you know, do special forces because your scoliosis is so bad. But like, man, he's an infantryman already. Like he's already right, out like, here with a hundred pound rock, you know? Like, and he speaks three languages, right? Come on, guy. Give him a chance. Yeah. It's like, hello. Right. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes no, you have to I, question why the guy got the gig and you didn't and why you do what you, it's like, you just got to look at, whatever divine intervention is out there. Okay. That's it's, it's, it's the path that you've been put on. Right. Sometimes, like I, I've said to people, when I got my injury, people are like, what direction did the military give you? I said, it really gave me a U-turn. It said, go back and figure something else out is what it did for me in a, in about a six month period. So what took you a few years to get, I got in six months. So it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, to each their own. And yeah. Yeah, um, you know, we are nice buddies yeah. that I try to help. Now, with, now, now what I want to do is... No, go ahead. Oh, I, was, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, uh, your buddies that you try to help and uh, probably get rated in VA benefits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just have a lot of friends, you know, from that deployment. It was a rough deployment, obviously. A lot of guys, you know, lost their lives and lost their limbs. Um, so I have a lot of guys that I still talk to and love that they're still kind of trying to find that U-turn, you know, trying to trying to make their way back and... You know, I let everybody know, man, whether I serve with you or not, you know, I'm always here to, to vent to or to be ears, you know, whatever you need, because, you know, I'm, he mostly vents to me, but I'm so glad, you know, the 10% of the time he's there for me when I vent back to him. It's it's beautiful, you know, so That's I don't, nice. you know, yeah, we, we need to support each other the most we can. That's nice. Now, listen, I, I ask people on my social media like questions in advance of, of my shows and episodes, right? It's kind of a fun segment and they throw stuff out there. And I'm just going to ask you what I said. What would you ask a U.S. Army sniper? I should have said a scientist too. However, I just hit up a sniper. <laughs> right. So you can imagine where people go with these questions. Now, somebody, okay, so let's say Ajax is his name. He says, okay, here's his question. That's the question. He says, do you think Trump would have done a better job with the troop withdrawal that just went down? Do you think that the past president would have done anything different than what was already transpiring with the current president? I mean, that's a hard question to answer. You know, it's a very um, when I was I was also a Texas state handgun instructor as part of my undergrad, like to help, you know, my own small business to provide for my family, get by. And whenever Texas state, you know, whenever the state troopers and the DPS um, Department of Public Safety trains you to be a handgun instructor, they tell you, we will not answer your what if questions, because a lot of times they're just so circumstantial that it's hard sure. to really give a, a solid answer. But I would hope that Trump would have been more open to a, you know, listening more to his to the people who know, you know, like there's a lot of people who spent time there. They've spent a lot of their life there, you know, and um 
And those are the should have been the people that should have been kind of what's the word I'm looking for collaborated with. Yeah. Collaborated with, or, you know, asked, you know, right. just looking for insight from these people and what they thought, you know, cause you know, it was a very messy withdrawal and, you know, it, it was going to be messy no matter how we left. But I think the speed at which we left was kind of the cause of the big, you know, there was no need for human beings to be throwing themselves at airplanes and getting caught up in landing gear, you know, like, they're very, yeah, very, handing their babies up to the Marines, trying to get them out. Another Saigon style situation. Yeah, yeah. So okay, it definitely well, could have been done better, and it was going to be messy no matter what. But you know, but, like I said, so what if? Yeah, <laughs> it's a what if. Okay, well, let's. Well, thank you, Ajax, for the question. Let's move on to Emily. So Emily says she wants to know what is one thing that you that being a sniper. What have you learned about life? Well, I've learned a lot about myself, you know, because I, I made a childhood dream come true. You know, growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut, a fighter pilot and a sniper. And so, you know, I worked really hard and I had a lot of naysayers in the process saying like, oh, they want people with combat experience or they want X or they want Y. And uh, I just tuned them out. I said, I don't care what you think. This is something I've wanted my whole life. And now I have an opportunity to make it happen, you know, so. I would be there doing push-ups on my own, and my buddies would be like, "What are you doing?" I'd be like, "Getting ready for the sniper tryout." Yeah, you know? like, yeah, what are you yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know. And when I made that childhood dream come true, I realized like, "Wow, if I made this dream come true, I can make you know anything, anything. else come true." I just gotta work hard and dedicate myself. You know. Very good. Thank you, Emily, for that question. Let's okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jay Charles, he says, what is your favorite optic rifle combo? And, uh, you know, what is that? Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, the Leopolds. I have used some of the Vortex scopes. So Vortex scopes are really nice, too. But, of course, most of, you know, the contract, military contracts with Leopold. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a variable scope. So on our Barrett, you had we had, had the scope that you could zoom in and out. And our Remington uh-huh. 700, our M24, it was a 10 power fixed. So, so I'd have to say a variable powered scope with a Remington 700 bolt action rifle with whatever caliber. I just love bolt actions. You know, obviously more juice gets me out further, but yes, but a, a, a Leopold or a Vortex multi variable with mil dots. I prefer mil dots rather than the uh, the tick marks. Uh-huh. Because I'm well sniper trained, I guess. I you know? love it. I love it. And, no, that's great. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's right. Oh, and, and uh, let's see here. Peter, he says, I know what not to ask him. How many kills? Is that a thing? Is that a is that notched in your scoreboard? Do you not talk about that? No, it's zero for me. You know, like yeah. I said, I was already kind of handicapped from the get-go. And while I was there in the capacity that I was there it was very rare to get into a firefight. And so most of the time we were just going on patrol and getting blown up, you know, and you kind of had to be in the right place at the right time. Like people were getting into firefights throughout the week, but they were very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And then um, after I left Afghanistan, pretty much coincided with them relieving us from the Argandab River Valley, which is where Southern Afghanistan, where we were taking all our casualties and, you know, the KIA, WIA. And, um, so is killed in action, WIA wounded in action, correct? That's what you're referencing there. Yeah, yes. yeah. So after we took, you know, we lost in the first two weeks after we were at the FOB, I think it was like nine guys had already lost their lives. So over those first two or three months of us being there, it was just nonstop. So yeah, like I said, I and then whenever we got relieved from that area, they got into firefights more often. But when they got relieved of that area, I was already gone off the sniper team and dealing with headache. So <laughs> So I, uh, unfortunately I get the fire, one firefight that I was in, the one firefight that I was in, um, it was one of the longest firefights of the deployment I just learned. So there's kind of like a small feather in my cap for the little bit of experience that I did get to experience, but, but yeah, so not for me, man. I'm, uh, geez, that's, that's wild. No, wow. Thank you for being open and honest, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And there's no shame in it. it, I I love it. And I'm just like, wow, you're. No. I just wanted to comment one more thing with that. So you're quick, an I read the book. Bin Laden. Yeah, comment. Please. In the book, Kill Bin Laden, Delta Force operators what? are hunting Name, Bin Laden book again. right after the towers fell, and not one of them shot around during the whole time they were hunting Bin Laden. So it's just like, dang, man, these are Delta Force operators hunting Bin Laden, and not even these guys fired around the entire time they were there because they had special forces and local fighters doing it for them, you know? But yeah. I was like, man, that's a beautiful insight, you know, like, wow, I would have never guessed. <laughs> right, right. No, I've actually, I've actually interviewed one of those guys. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, no, you're in the good cult, you're in good company. I interviewed uh, Travis, who's a Delta <laughs> guy. Yeah, and he was cave to cave. They were like, teapot was still cooking, cigarette butts were still Damn. smoking. And then uh, he had gotten into Pakistan and they couldn't, they were halted at Pakistan's line, you know, and they couldn't. Hmm. This is what he had explained to me when we were being interviewed. I was just like, wow, you know, that's crazy. Now, Peter, another Peter says, how do you deal with and cope with your actions done in the warfare? So, you know, you've been trained up to go do this. You go out Mm -hmm. and you're mentally prepared to do what is being asked of you uh, by your countrymen. Then you do those deeds and you get into firefights and then you come home. Now what? How are you how are you handling that? Are you going to groups? Do you just keep it internalized? When I got back, man, I went to intensive outpatient therapy, IOP, which is like, I, I think it was three weeks long where I went every day and, you know, it was like group talking with other vets and just hearing the whole gamut of stories and, and just kind of sharing and trying to grow and heal from the things we experience and do. And like I said, you know, I've, I never took a life, but it's not to say that I didn't see others doing it or death and destruction around me, you know, and sure. So, yeah, you know, it's a a rough place to be. And the way I always looked at it, the way I kept my focus was I would only worry about the things I can control. Like, because there's a lot of guys that I talked to, they they would always talk, you know, they tell me about how they'd worry about stepping on a landmine, which, of course, you're going to worry about that stuff. But. For me, you know, those are the things I pushed out of my mind. Like, I'm not going to even, you know, those are things I can't help. Why am I going to worry about things that I can't help? And so it's really just about focusing on what you can control and just hoping for the best and going out there and 
and just operating because there's a mission that needs to be done. <laughs> and so, yeah, you just focus on what you, and for me, I have less anxiety going out on mission because I felt confident in my training and what I could do. And I'd have more anxiety coming back from mission, knowing that I was going to deal with these people that are, have it out for me, you know, like they're in charge of me, they control my life and they have me under their right. thumb right now. So it's, it's not very fun. Sometimes you're like, well, I'll just hang out here with this rock <laughs> in, the, yeah. in this cliff area. Just I'll just kick it here. Yeah. You know, the rock's got my back. <laughs> the lizard is my friend. I, I have fresh air. It's nice. There's nothing <laughs> bossing me around, I bet. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, the, the, the shepherds and their sheep are always entertaining. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's enough sheeps and wolves out there to battle each other. I like to say be a shepherd, <laughs> you know, be the one that helps, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, look, I just want to say you've been a wonderful, a wonderful guest on SoftRep today. And I just want to say, is there any website or anything that you want to plug to, like, you know, put it out there so we can put it in the description? Is there anything you want to just let us know about that's coming up or anything? Yeah, um, my book is out on Amazon now. If you just go to Amazon, type Born to Fail book. Here's a, I have it right here, too, if you'd like to. I know that the radio listeners Born to might fail. see it. Yeah, Born to Fail. Oh, yeah, so and, there's um, Ricardo so he, Perez, Born to Fail. He's got a sniper on the front with a suppressed rifle. Yeah, so no, that's me a as a kid, right? The Barrett 50 cal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at Oh, for those of you watching, you can see he's got a – the book's got the cover of him and his 50 cal that he was talking about and uh, that star patch. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, 2nd uh, yeah, Infantry Division. And so, um, so yeah, that's my book. Uh, and all the money goes back to working on the audio book. The audio book's going to be crazy because I recorded conversations with a lot of the higher ups because they were all lying about stuff and I didn't want to oh, get in trouble yeah. for them lying about. So I have oh. like hours of conversations that I'm going to put on the audio book. So man, that's going to be an immersive audio book. I'm super excited about getting that done. And, oh. um, Wow. So there's going to be some worms, a uh, can of worms opened in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. And so we're also working on a documentary. So all this money for my book sales, I'm not pocketing any of it. It all goes back towards these other projects and lifting the voices up from the men. And uh, I also filed a patent and that's where I hope to get my money in my pocket is for my patent. So my book sales, it's all going back always from now on to the end of time. It's going to go back to helping the guys that I serve with and their families. So support us as much as you can. And on my website, ricardopperez.com, you can go and learn more about me. You can sign up for my newsletter. And every month I send out a newsletter just letting people know what's going on with my small business stuff and what's kind of going on in my life. And uh, every four months, I will be sharing the expense and revenue reports with my subscribers for the book. So that way people know where their money went and you know how much money's coming in and what the stuff costs going out. So it's all going to be as transparent as possible. So if you'd like to know how your money and this money is getting used, sign up on my website. That's so awesome. Well, Ricardo, you're a joy to talk to. Thanks for teaching me about education and keeping your mind fresh by going to read a book. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, and nothing yeah nothing nothing will ever go away with the smell of gunpowder we'll always like that smell for some reason so you know um, yeah no doubt well, thanks for having me on rad man. i really appreciate the opportunity thank you for the kind words and i don't mean to step on you so you know dude it's awesome i'm just grateful to be here <laughs> same so thank you, Ricardo. And with that, thank you for listening to Soft Rep Radio's episode with Ricardo Perez, United States Army sniper, scientist, and we'll catch you later. Peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.